It's time for this week's Uplift. Three ordinary guys that want you to find the freedom that is available by knowing our Lord Jesus Christ. So sit back and enjoy Uplift, brought to you by the Fulcrum Center. Visit our site at thefulcrumcenter.org. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Uplift. Uh, we are one person short today. Ian could not be with us, but uh, Chad is here. And uh, we brought back our special guest from last week, Robert Johnson. Welcome back, Robert. <laughs> yeah. Good to be here. <laughs> yeah, we're glad you could join us. Yes. Uh, we, uh, you know, on the day we're recording this, um, just a couple days after that episode was put out, and it's already doing quite well. Um, I always say that, you know, when we have a special guest on, that those are the times that the um, episodes do the best because nobody wants to see us anymore. They want to see somebody else. But <laughs> So thank you for being a part of that last week, and uh, thanks for being here again this week. And uh, we'll be praying for Ian as he uh, was not able to to be here with us today, but uh, probably will be back next week. Today, we're going to talk about hearing God's voice. So I want to start off by sharing a story. Um, this was in, I know when it was, because it was right before uh, September 2001. It was the summer of 2001. Um I was working in Wheeling, West Virginia, and I got to be pretty close with a, a radio show host that uh, was here in the area at that time. And we met for lunch and he had a friend that he brought with him. He said, I've been working on this friend. I've been trying to get him to know God. And and I just thought maybe you could help. So we met down at the, the waterfront along the Ohio River and talking to this guy and I happened to have a Bible that I had just bought a couple of days earlier. And I said, and you know, I felt like God said, give it to him. And so we're talking and he's looking at the Bible and he says, this is good. He said, but what I really want, what, what I would really believe is if I could just look up in the sky and see something and hear God say, yes, listen to them. I said, well, you're not going to hear that. He's like, well, that's what I want. I said, well, that's not the way it works. And a lot of people want that. They just want to hear an audible voice, just like you're hearing my voice right now, just booming from heaven saying, this is the way, walk in it. And yeah. you're not going to hear that. Right. It's not the way God works. That's not what we mean when we say hearing God's voice. Yeah. Now, I've never heard an audible voice. I don't know about you guys, but I've heard God speak a lot. What do you yeah, think? that's that's a good point, and you know, I think. Oh, I think I think we're feeding through maybe on Robert's speakers, maybe. I don't know. Maybe try to unmute yourself again. That's weird because Zoom usually takes care of that. Yeah, it does. I, I am. I am. I'm getting a lot of uh, breaking up there. So I don't know if, like, I just just breaking up. It's like your your internet your internet's kind of little flaky.
Yeah, I'm not sure what's happening. Huh. I know it, last week your internet. internet yeah, your your internet last week was kind of a little bit breaking up, but it really didn't cause you too many issues. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll sure. let it I guess, I guess we. Uh... What? It's not done. It doesn't seem to be doing it now. I don't know. I think it's going to keep going on and off. Probably. We'll see. We'll we'll give it a try here. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll just go with it. We'll just yeah. go. With it. Well, yeah. Okay, so it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to do this. Happen. No, yeah, I'm going to do this again, Phil. I'm sorry, I, and I'll go back to what I was saying. Okay. But I, I think a lot of the hearing with God, for, the hearing from God thing, comes down to we. A lot of Christians we don't understand fully what the Holy Spirit is, is in us. Um, it's it's a thing to where you know, like Andrew Walmack says, you know, like you know, the Holy Spirit's in you, and some of us have more of it than than others. And he looks down at your your stomach, and he says, "That's why you bow your head to pray because you're praying to the Holy Spirit in you." <laughs> you know? But and I always say that, but it, it's so true, and I repeat it for a reason because that was such a foreign concept to me. But that plays into hearing from God because. Okay, you don't. There's there's not Balaam and donkey anymore. There's not you know the burning bush. I mean you know I, I don't know too many people that are you know walking down the street and you know God's in that bush. You don't hear too many of those stories anymore because we have the Holy Spirit in us. But a lot of Christians don't know what that means or how to interact with it. And that's the point that I've been trying to to learn myself is. You know, because the Holy Spirit can minister to you. You know, the Holy Spirit can give you guidance. And, and and it's so often we hear it's that still small voice, which I think is what you were talking about, Phil. You know, I've hear, heard that from a lot of different people. It's that still small voice. And, you know, the other thing that I that I've been learning about recently, too, is, you know, I, I there was a, I was listening to a, a YouTube message from um, a, a, an old minister named Kenneth Hagin. And he and he 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 put it in real basic terms. He said the radio station does never it never quits broadcasting. He said sometimes your radio loses signal. He said, but that radio station is on 24-7. And he said it's always putting its signal out. He said, sometimes you just don't receive it right. <laughs> you know. And I, I was like, Good. well, that's pretty right. basic. And I think that that's a thing that a lot of people couldn't understand. So yeah, sometimes the the problem is the receiver, you know, and that, that usually the, almost always the problem is the receiver. Yeah. You know, it, it's yeah. it's the we we're our mind is not in the proper place it needs to be. So, uh, yeah, I've heard it, a lot. Go ahead. Yeah, I've heard a lot of uh, like what what Phil was mentioning. You know, people will say, "Oh, if I could just get an audible voice, if God will just." Say something now, he'll just give me a sign. And and you know what? He did that with Christ, and he still didn't get it. Mm -hmm. it twice in the gospel. He literally spoke from heaven. This is my son in whom I will please. So think about this, right? If anybody had any doubt that Jesus was Messiah, the Lord literally spoke from heaven and said, This is him. And they still they went. 
thunder, right? Like they, they didn't know, yeah. they could not yeah. understand that this was like they could not hear God's voice. So there is definitely uh, this idea that people have that if God would just speak audibly, boy, we would hear it. And and that's actually not true. We, we've seen that with the gospel. It's really about the heart, right? If the heart is ready to receive, and so that kind of goes back to the radio signal idea, right? If the heart is tuned in, then it will receive. See, the apostles didn't need to hear something from heaven. They heard Christ, right? And so, and literally, like, man, that's, he's the way, and they followed. And so th there's a lot of misconception about, man, if I could, if I, if God would just do this, put on God to make us be ready to receive what, what he's trying to communicate. And a lot of it has to do with heart. It's just not ready to receive it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that's true for people too. How many times have, has someone been speaking directly to you, face-to-face -to, -face to you, and you haven't heard what they said because you're focused on something else? Or I know people have done that to me. You know, I have to, I oftentimes like, are you listening to me? And I know they're not because they're focused on something else. I've done it and people have done it to me. And it's the same thing with God. You're like, you're right. If, if you spoke from heaven, we wouldn't necessarily hear if we weren't tuned into it. Yeah. And you know, the other thing too, that comes to mind is it helps to hear God when it, when we read our scripture, when we read the word, because then, you know, it, that helps us with our discernment between the voices that we do hear. you know, mm -hmm. sometimes we hear our flesh. Sometimes we hear what, what our own mind is talking to us about, you know, which usually uh, isn't always good. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. we, 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 we really, you know, think we know what's best for us all the time. And, you know, sometimes we're in alignment with what God wants us to be doing and sometimes not, but man, if we know our scripture, that is so vital to understanding uh, and hearing God. And I've failed at that a lot. So I'm going to just raise my hand right now and say, okay, that was me. Uh, you know, being weak and reading scripture, you know, and just, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I, I read it, I'll read scripture every Sunday when I go to church and, you know, with whatever the pastor is talking about, I'll read their scripture and then I'll just kind of think about it all week. Well, you know, reading that, that little few little snippets of scripture on Sunday and, and mulling over it all week, there, there's nothing wrong with that, but you need more, <laughs> you know, and that's what I was surviving on. So, you know, it's like, okay, when I'm not, when I'm not hearing God, you know, I can, I can thank myself for that when I'm doing that, you know, you need to read, you need to read and, and study on scripture more than just once a week or, or zero times a week. And we, and, and so the uplifting part of that is we can fix that, you know, yeah. we, can, we yeah. can do something about that. Absolutely. You know, Chad, you've probably heard me say this before, but uh, if you eat just one meal a week, you're going to waste away. Now, our physical bodies will waste away faster than our spiritual body will. But 
you feed your spiritual body by reading the scripture. That's one way you feed it. And if you don't feed it, it's going to waste away. So yeah, you're right. More than one time a week is, is needed. And sure, we could go on and on and have a whole complete topic on reading the scripture, but you're absolutely right. Well, so I how- think that uh, a good book out there called uh, uh, Spiritual Discipline by Richard Foster. It's, it's a classic. Yeah. yeah, it's a very and good book. And the whole yeah. point that he brings up with is that it positions you like there's nothing special about fasting like there's nothing special about going without eating otherwise every hungry person in the world would be able to hear from god clearly right Absolutely. and so so what is what is the key about these things the key is that these spiritual disciplines position you to be able to hear god clearer when he does decide he wants to say something like you're you're not you're you're causing yourself to have a a good like you're tuned to the signal right you're having a, a a position of yourself so like you know when you see in the old testament people who are fasting taking care of Jesus even telling the apostles hey hey you know this demon's going to come out with fasting and prayer you know a lot of these spiritual disciplines that out there people have I think in our world today they undermine them now. But in reality, they are they are necessary so that you can hear the voice of God clearer mm-hmm. and uh, and be ready that when he speaks, you can hear him. Right. And so I mean, that's that's one that I was mentioning earlier, like to for us to have a relationship with God and hear his voice, God has to maintain that. Like we we can't we we can tune in we can pray and seek the lord but he's the one that's going to have to make sure that we find him right because <laughs> otherwise right. we're we're going to happen right because because the if if god didn't let us know he was around we might be able to do that from you know the fact that we can see there's living things and wow this this can't be here by itself but he has to speak to us and let us know that he's there or we wouldn't know. Like if our spirit, because of the fall and everything else that's happened, right? Our, our spirits are, are awakened by the Holy Spirit. So we have the opportunity to hear that. But wow, it's it's really hard if God doesn't, in, in you know, active in the relationship. Right. right. So he he does do a lot of this. Yeah, that's a very good point. I believe John chapter six really speaks to that when, you know, Jesus says that he is bringing us to the father. He is because we wouldn't find him otherwise, you know, so we go through Jesus. We know that we find our salvation through Jesus, but Jesus is actively like doing the drawing out, bringing us unto the father. Otherwise we'd be completely lost. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. so how do we hear mm-hmm. god's voice what is god's voice then um <clears throat> first and foremost i believe it's it's that a lot of people say i just have this gut feeling well that's god probably <laughs> if it's especially if it's a good thing you know um go with your gut okay well you're going with god let's just the only problem is we don't always acknowledge that it's god 
But that's one of the ways he speaks is through that. Uh, something's just telling me something. <laughs> I often say to people when they say something's telling me, it's like something or someone is telling you. You know, it's that impression, mm-hmm. if you will, that that we get that understanding, that compulsion to act on something. That's God drawing us out through the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Unless, mm-hmm. of course, it's to do something wrong then it's not god doing it it's the enemy speaking in the same way you know we hear from both god and from the enemy and it just depends on again which station you're tuning your receiver into yeah now i'll tell you another thing i'm guilty about too is and and i've heard this referred before in in one of the teachings from somebody and it fits me perfectly because I, a lot of times I get super anxious about something. So then what I do is I set up my machine gun and I load it with all the bullets and I just start blasting in prayer, you know, and I just, I'm just machine gun praying and it's so noisy from my own voice that I can never hear anything else, including mm. God. So I'm going to just put that out there and just say, okay, I'm guilty of that. You know, one thing about it is, you know, like one, one thing that I started doing uh, a while ago is, is I'm going to show something. I'm going to have a visual here. Okay. This, and and it's, 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 uh, it's going to kind of blur it out. Well, anyway, on this cross, there we go. There you go. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm not that coordinated. There we go. Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Yeah. Yeah. 29, 11. Kathy got that as a gift for me. And, and so keep it simple. That's, that's the, 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 the one thing God told me, he's like, man, he's like, you don't have to belt three hours of prayer at me. He said, you know, that you're just getting rid of anxiety energy. And, you know, he's like, just keep it simple. He's like, I hear you. (laughs) Like I hear you. Yeah. And so it's like, Oh, you know, and then, of course, one of the fruits of the spirit, you know, there's a lot of good fruits of the spirit, but, you know, kind of like forbearance and patience, you know, those sorts of things. So it's like sometimes we can just machine gun pray and and create so much self-generated noise that we'll never hear God. So it's like keep your prayers simple is one thing that I've learned. And then listen, just stop and listen. And that's tough for a person who's walking through a valley or going through a difficult time and just so eager and anxious to hear God, that patience, it just feels just so heavy to, Mm. to, to actually walk through. Yeah. You know, when you're going through a trial, you just want it to be over. You know, you don't want to sit there and, and think, okay, what's God saying? You know, we're not, I don't know if, if it's our society that teaches us that or if it's the way we're created, but we just don't want to go through this trial. We just want to get to the other side, whether it's an illness or, you know, a financial difficulty a relationship problem. We don't like the pain, but you're, and you're absolutely right. Sometimes we will just do whatever it takes to get through it. And often we don't stop and listen to God's voice in that. You know, the, the danger that we often have, like Christians who I always call it Christians in survival mode. And so Christians who are in survival mode often will be desperate 
and they start defining God's will based on their situation. Mm. And, and that, that is probably the last thing you want to do um, because, you know, God will speak in many ways. Sometimes he puts us in situations that are dangerous or that aren't good or that are suffering moments. And he, and, and that's what God's will. Like he, he wants you in that situation so that the light will shine in the darkness. But a lot of times we will read that as, well, this can't be what God wants me to do. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, wait a second. Aren't we glad that Jesus didn't read it this way, that the Father's will was, oh, this is a terrible situation. This can't be the Father's will. Or that the apostles aren't reading things that way. Right. And so so the situation, though it could God can use situations to lead you to a, a place, but I think it's usually coupled with other things. So I kind of always tell people, like, if you want to hear the Lord's voice, then there's going to be at least uh, four or five things that will be happening. Like you, you need to be reading the word. He's not going to go against his word. You're going to get that, that impression on your heart. The Holy Spirit's going to t- tell you about it. Right. And then, you're also um, going to hear church people start, like people who already know the Lord, they're going to start saying things. They don't even sometimes know what they're saying that's going to yeah. speak into your life. And they're going to go, wow, you know, I think you'd be really great at that. Or I think you'd be, you know, you should do this or something like that. And uh, you're going to see that going on, the importance of people, of God's people coming together. Uh, you know, and then, and then God may start also turning situations that way. But I find that the danger is most of the time people will use the situation alone and say, this is God's will. That like, this is either the situation is good or the situation is bad. And therefore, you know, that that's God's voice. And I think that alone is terrible because you know, Jesus, Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah had terrible questions, right? Not, not allowed to be married, not allowed to have family, had really no friends. The guy who's relaying his message, Baruch, keeps, you know, writing down his message. And then every time he gets a message, you know, nobody likes it. And so he's known as the weeping prophet, right? He sees, he writes the lament of, you know, Jerusalem falling, right? I mean, this is and all of that is God's will. And what is God's message to Jeremiah? I have good plans for you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, so, so I think just, just relying on the situation alone may not be the best way to, to think you're hearing God's voice. You know, so. Absolutely. That's, that's a very good point. And, you know, right along with that, it, and that's, that's really, really good. But right along with that, they, a lot of times, like this guy down on the riverfront that one day, he wanted to see something spectacular. You know, if I can just see a real big active move of God, then I'll know. And we know from scripture that that's not how it is. First Kings chapter 19, I think, uh, Chad, you brought it up, that still small voice. You know, God takes Moses, or not Moses, uh, Elijah up on the mountain, and there's this wind, and God wasn't there in that and then uh, there was a uh, i think an earthquake and still god wasn't there 
but they, he was there in that still small voice. And all this takes place within like two or three verses in First Kings 19. And it's just, it's amazing. It's, you don't necessarily see God or hear God in the big things. He's that still small voice. He doesn't mm. need to be. He is God. He is above all. And he wants to be come to us in such a humble, gentle way so that we know him and not the amazing things that happen. You know, we don't get stuck up on the signs. We we actually get stuck on hearing the voice of God within us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, we can turn it into something that it's not very easily. I always tell people when they say, well, I'm not hearing from God. Say, yes, you are. It's not complicated. And I say this because driving away from church, I was a pastor brand new pastor. I was in my first year. I was 29 years old, driving away from church when people were talking about how they were hearing God. I'm like, God, why don't I hear from you? Why don't I hear your voice? And he was speaking to me. And he, and then I had these thoughts come to mind of years, this, my first 29 years of my life and all the ways that God had been speaking. I just didn't recognize it as his voice. You know, all these memories came back and so he is speaking. He is always speaking to all of us. Well, not always, but he's, he's, he speaks to all of us. We just need to tune into it and mm. discern it. Mm. And, you know, you put it out there beautifully, Robert, the, some of the ways with the scripture and the impression and other people. It, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's something that if you truly desire it, you know, going back to Jeremiah, he says, you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. And if we truly do seek to know and hear God's voice, we will hear it. And we will start telling others, well, I heard God say. And we'll be part of that crowd that we don't feel like we're outsiders from at times. Because mm. we will hear. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll stop now. <laughs> <laughs> Once I get rolling, I sometimes... I don't want to stop. <laughs> no, that's good. The the discernment that I think it's important to you know with reading the word and understanding the word and that sort of thing. The with the discernment um, is comparing what you are hearing or what that gut feeling is inside of you, comparing that to what you know from scripture. Yeah. I think that that's important because you know. Um, one thing that, that I've kind of gone back to, you know, over the past year, I've been really studying and learning about healing. And, and now that's kind of branching into deliverance because they're, I think the two are very tightly interwoven. We briefly touched on that last week. But one thing that, you know, and also time back in the last week, too, is, you know, Robert was talking about Paul and Timothy. And the one thing that would kind of for whatever reason, it just sticks with me for this past year is Paul telling Timothy, take a little wine for your stomach or in, in the little sicknesses and illnesses that, that come upon you. And it's like, well, you know, that to me, I've, I've really been asking God about that. Like, God, tell me what this means. Because, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm that guy, Phil, you're talking about on the waterfront when it comes to healing, like, Boom! I want the, the <laughs> big divine healing and the supernatural power of God to come. 
and all these things. And it's like, Paul's like, oh, Timothy, you know, like, I, I know you've been kind of struggling with some, some, you know, health junk and take a little wine for your stomach, man. And it's like, what? You know, like, I'm like, this is me saying, what? What are you talking about, man? Like, boom, like, just, just, you know, rebuke that out of you and God will heal you and all that. And well, God, the, the one thing that I've learned too, that sort of ties into all this is that, that God doesn't always work in the ways that we think he is going to work. God will work in any which way you can imagine. And, you know, like one time we, Robert and I were, we, we met back last summer when he was in town and we had a, a great evening together and we were all talking and sharing about things and things. And, you know, we were talking about this topic and Robert said, you know, a lady came up to him in the, in their church and asked him, he, she needed healing. And God spoke to him in that moment and said, tell her to sing. Do you remember this? Yes. Yes. And, and God told Robert, God said she had bronchitis. She yeah. had bronchitis. And, and uh yeah, she she was she had come up and she she came up and said, I want to be healed. I have bronchitis. And uh and so I was like, okay. And so I started praying for her and just trying to, you know, listen to what the Lord wanted to do. And man, it was it was like that small voice and i said you know i think the lord is telling me to tell you to start singing that when you sing he's going to heal you and so she started as she was praying she started to sing and her lungs cleared up the uh, she was healed and wow. so you know some sometimes right we the lord i i think i think we so desperately try to put god in this so we can try to understand him better or mm -hmm. somehow get this formula that every time we pray, we're going to get what we want. Or every time we pray, this is going to happen. Or every time we pray, we are going to hear clearly. And, and God just doesn't really operate like that. There is no formula. There is no, mm -hmm. he, you just, you just have to listen because you don't know what he's going to ask you to do. And you don't know what's connected, like it, but there's always a faith connection, right? And I think that's part of hearing God's voice as well. When you hear God's voice, do you have, are you believing it's God's voice? And then are you going to believe it enough to be obedient to do what he's telling you to do? And that, that becomes very difficult. And that's one of the beautiful things about God, because God, he's not going to usually work in the same way re repetitively. And, and, you know, like uh, I'll show you another quick story that I heard. There was a there was a, a pastor named Greg Moore. He works with Andrew Womack. And he told the story of when he was younger, like er, first in his marriage that, you know, he he developed this big growth on the side of his neck. And he went in and they were like, man, like you've got cancer in your thyroid. And they said, you know, we're going to have to do all this stuff to you. And. He went home and, you know, he prayed about it and he said, well, God, what, what does this look like? What, what do you want me to do? And God said, go through with the surgery and I want you to go and meet with these three men. And he gave, and God had given him the names of three men to go meet with. So he went through the surgery and had the big growth thing removed. And then 
he set up appointments and met with those three men. And those three men worked with him on three different forms of deliverance of things, of strongholds that he had in his life. Hmm. And it was an, it, it was an amazing story because, you know, God's like, uh, you know, I'm going to work with you with doctors to get this thing dealt with. And then, but there's more to it. You need deliverance in these three aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. And then that, that will take care of the root of this problem. And it was like, boom, that was so, that's a guy who was open to what God was telling him. And who would have ever come up? You can't make this up. You know, like when God says, do this and you do it and you, you know, it wasn't a miraculous physical healing from that standpoint. It was deliverance, which was the root of his problems from his strongholds, you know? Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it, and it also goes back to what Ian always says. This is an Ianism that God's not a vending machine, you know? So right. God wants to, and the most important thing I think that a lot of people miss is that we do have these, sometimes these strongholds that are the root of our problems, whatever they are. You know, we have these strongholds that keep us from living our best life in accordance to God's plans and will for us. This is something something that John Wimber brought out. Uh, I was reading his book, Power of Healing, right? And uh, he brought this out, how that deliverance and healing are together. And he said, you know, that we always read, oh, invite the elders forward and pray for somebody, anoint them with oil and they'll be healed. But that's how we, but there's a, there's more to it. It actually says, and they confess their, their sins, sins yes, and they will be delivered, right? They'll be healed. And yeah. so, so clearly there's a connection between sometimes people who are, who are dealing with things physically or dealing with things that's related to spiritual issues of sin or addiction or, uh, you know, needing a deliverance. And I, I think I think we have done our best as believers to ignore that because <laughs> we yeah. we don't want we don't want to do we don't want to do that part right like we don't want to come forward and start confessing sins because that all of a sudden well you become really vulnerable and I think that's part of what God's asking you to be is is be vulnerable to Him right and uh, so that becomes a, a really big deal with regard to deliverance and and you know just on a on a side note there too like i i was remember man i wrestled with god for a while god had called me once to uh preach at a church that had like 10 people and uh and they were like we believe i mean they had a sign on the on the wall we believe in kjv only and you know so in my mind i'm sitting here going oh this Lord, you don't want me to do this, right? Like this is, <laughs> and I said, I'm just going to go in uh, and, you know, I, I'm being very spiritual. Right? I'm just like, I'm going to go in, I'm going to give a quick sermon. I'm out. Right. Like, I'm, yeah. you know, in, in my mind, I was going, that's not worth my time. And I remember the Lord very clearly telling me if I didn't preach, like I was preaching to 10,000, he would never ask me to preach again. Yeah. And I said, okay. And I said, I hear you. And (laughs) and so, man, but then I started wrestling with the message. I kept wrestling. God kept telling me the only thing he was giving me, heart disease, heart disease, heart disease. I'm going, 
okay, you know, like I guess, uh, and I kept saying, what about preaching on this, Lord? This would be a good th- topic, right? And I, I saw I was wrestling with that. <laughs> yeah. And then I finally gave in to what the Lord wanted. It was like, okay, I'm going to preach on heart disease. And I preached on heart disease. Of course, I was bringing a spiritual aspect to it, you know, heart disease, right? Like we have heart disease and we're, we're sinners and this kind of stuff. We need Jesus. And the whole time I'm preaching, there's this older gentleman in the front row. I mean, uh, of 10 people, this older gentleman down there was just bawling. I mean, he was crying. I mean, it was it was to the place, you know, it was it was that like snotting on himself kind of. I mean, he was just crying. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> so I I just felt like, OK, you know what? I'm going to give an altar call here. And I asked if anybody wanted to be saved or healed, you know, to come forward and we'll pray. And I fully expected no one to come, right? Because I'm like, you know, and it, what's the success rate? I'm thinking percentage. I'm still not getting it, right? I'm still not, not it's not in my head. I'm, I'm going, what's the percentages that people are going to be totally transformed from my sermon, uh, you know, that these people would be that way. Uh, and that guy comes forward. And he's just crying and bawling, and he's like, he comes up and he says he has been diagnosed with heart disease. Mm-hmm. And I went, wow, you know what? Uh, if I finally got it, it was kind of like, it was kind of like when Peter had the vision in Acts ten, and he's like, you know, he sees those animals comes down, he never gets what God's trying to tell him until the servant comes, knocks on, the, then he sees the Holy Spirit come on the Gentiles, he goes, oh, like it dawns on him. Right. That's that's where I was at. Right. And it, there was a dawning moment right there. And I went, oh, this sermon's for you, man. <laughs> like I know exactly yeah. what this is. And sure enough, I prayed. Uh, we prayed with him. And, you know, we didn't feel anything amazing. I didn't feel lightning shoot from my hands. You know, there wasn't he didn't you know, he, he didn't feel anything amazing. Two weeks later, his son, which happened to be the pastor of that church. His son came to me and said that his that was his dad and that he, um, though he was diagnosed with heart disease, two weeks later, the next day after we prayed, he went and worked all day long without any trouble and uh, was healed of heart disease. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was just like, I mean, you know, <laughs> so so God clearly speaks and there's clearly deliverance. There's there's this obedience part to it. And there's and there's this like being able to hear clearly is very important. And I think God's willing to be patient with us on that because, I mean, it didn't dawn on me. Right. It took me a while (laughs) to get there. Right. Yep. Yeah. And the fact that yeah, it is awesome. And the fact that that grown man was weeping is proof that there was deliverance. Oh, yeah. And, and being experienced, you know, and so that's the part as Christians that we have to understand is we've got these strongholds that create problems in us, you know, and, and, and you know, there's I'm sure you guys could quote scripture on that. Like, I'm not I'm terrible at memorizing scriptures. And I know like what you're talking about. Like, I know you, you were talking about with Acts and that sort of thing. I couldn't have told you where it was, but I, I, I know what you're talking about. I read it and all that sort of thing. But as Christians, we have to understand that. Our strongholds are are most often the roots of our problems, mm-hmm. you know, like Phil. And I'll tell you another thing for both of you, too. And this goes to Ian as well, you know, or any pastor is 
The best thing that you can do as a pastor is be vulnerable and share your stories because people will listen to you because people will look at you guys like, you know, pastors like, wow, they're a church pastor, you know, like they're above these things. Like they don't experience this stuff to a point wrong. You know, like, so the more that you guys as pastors be vulnerable with, with your, uh, the people that you speak to and, and work with, that's being uh, obedient. And, and at some point that's a fruit. That's, that's a, that's a, a, uh, a tangible, very uh, good way for people to really listen and tune into what God is saying through you. Yeah. And you know, like as one of the things I, I've mentioned to the congregation before, I've been like, you know, the messages that, we get from the Lord. I said, just because I'm preaching the message doesn't mean that somehow I'm separate from the congregation. Absolutely. Right. That the reality is that I have to listen to that message first. <laughs> like I'm yeah, the, that's I, true. And so, so the so what happens is God's giving all of us this message as and as I just happen to be the one that's delivering the message. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's like in the situation, the pastor is the first one that has to hear it and obey. And then, you know, as, as a group of believers, we've got to hear this thing and, and obey. And uh, yeah, absolutely. And so it's, I think some of the best things that people could do is when they pray, I think people forget to pray for their ministers, (laughs) right? But Mm -hmm. ministers are going through it as well, just like they are. And they're living in the same town. They're living in the same circumstances, right? If it, if it snows at your house, it's going to snow at my house, right? If it's (laughs) right, if you know, I mean, they're living in the same thing, right? They're, they're living with it's life together. And so, you know, they need prayer as well because they, they do have to be vulnerable to hear from the Lord or, you know, this it's they're not going to they're not going to receive that. Right. And and then the congregation will also suffer for that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I first started out as a pastor, I had a, a really good friend who was he was my pastor at the time. And um, I said to him, I said, what what do I do? Like, give me some good advice. He said, the only way I'm going to give you is say we and us and not I and you. And that has stuck with me for 30 years mm-hmm. or well, 23 yeah. years or whatever it is. But uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's so true. We, we are in this together. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not elevated above. We're had a guy ask me one time if I could make it, make it have good. He would have good weather for the weekend so that his kid could play his ball game. And I'm like, you can ask God that too. Not just me. I'm nothing special. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's good. And it's the same thing with hearing from God. You know, we don't hear better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. I had to learn how to hear God's voice just like everybody else. Like mm-hmm. I said, you know, when I, I was a pastor and I was driving away saying, why don't I hear from you, God? So yeah, we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to so, what Robert was saying, that sometimes God will allow us to walk through things so that we can understand Mm-hmm. That we need to hear him, you know, yeah. It, it yeah. Was the, 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 and I forget exactly how you worded it, but it was great when you were saying that earlier, because, you know, like sometimes God will walk us through some really difficult stuff 
But the important thing for us to realize is that, you know, 99.9% of the time, there's a, there's the light at the end of that tunnel. And we, we, we have to really hold on to that and stand in faith that, okay, God, walk me through this, teach me what I need to know, and please walk me through to this tunnel to that light at the end, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think sometimes like we measure, we measure whether God is hearing us based on how we feel, whether we're hearing him. Mm. And, and that's not how that works. Like God hears the very intense of our heart. Like he, you know, if we yeah. never said a prayer at all, right, he wouldn't, he would hear us. Yeah. Um, one of the things that Janan and I have been talking about was Hagar. Hagar was being mistreated by Sarah. Mm-hmm. because Sarah was jealous that she was going to have Abraham's child, which by the way, she recommended, right? It's her idea, right? And Abraham's like, don't involve me in this, even though, even though he had quite a bit to do with it. Right? <laughs> it's kind of like, don't involve me in this. You know, you, that's your servant. You figure it out. Right. And so she started mistreating her and all this kind of stuff. So Hagar runs away. And what's interesting is she runs into the wilderness like this, and, and there's there's no food, there's no water. She's pregnant, and um, she's she's in a really bad situation. And God shows up on the scene and starts speaking to her. He says, "What what are you doing out here? Like what what's happening?" And she explains the situation like God wasn't there, right? Like she's like, "Yeah, you know, this is not a good situation." And then God gives her a blessing about Ishmael. Who Ishmael is going to be? Well, in in some ways it's a blessing. In some ways it's, this is who he's going to be, right? But yeah. um, you know, so he, so God, but God speaks to her, and she actually gives a name to God, right? If you ever pay attention throughout the Scripture, one of the ways that people are here, they hear from the Lord, and then they name him after what he said or something he did, right? And so the names of God become the experience that they had. Mm. And so, so Hagar, right? So Hagar names the Lord, the one who sees me. And so in, so in these times of darkness and John Wesley often referred to these as like dark nights of the soul, like when there is just, you just feel like it's just darkness. Well, that's the point of God being faithful to us, right? He's the God who sees us, even when we don't necessarily know where he's at right? <laughs> or feel like he's not there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the darkness doesn't define him and the, the loneliness doesn't define him. It, it he's faithful. And mm-hmm. so it, you, you almost, we, we do the same thing as like what people in scripture are doing. We just, we, we actually have the Bible to guide us a little better. Right. So, so the reality is we still experience God in different ways in line with his scripture, but he's still true to those names. So like he leads us through these things and then, Hey, now, so, so now like, so when you don't have things and you're like, man, I need God, I need you to provide. And you're like, I haven't known you as provider yet, but then you know, God is provider because he provides, right. Mm -hmm. Then you can say, yeah, okay. I know God is provider. Right. And so you experience that that name like who why they called him that right mm-hmm. uh, why Abraham called him that or something like right you understand that 
And so I think, I think God allows us to go through those times because not only will we learn to hear his voice and see what he's learned to recognize when he's moving or what he's doing, but um, it, it shows us that as we do that, we ex- literally experience him for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and so it becomes, it becomes that, that a very powerful part of the relationship. So then the next time that you need God to provide, right? Like the next time he leads you there, you, hopefully you're not going around the same mountain again, like the Israelite, you know, yeah. 40 years around the same mountain. So the next time he does it, right? Cause he's going to have you do that until you learn that name. He's going to have you do that until you learn that part of him. And so that's part of hearing his voice, right? Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. And and mm-hmm. God's not going to give up on you. He's going to keep visiting you about that until you obey that command, right? <laughs> like, until you learn that. Um, so, right. you know, so that, that's a big part of, of hearing the Lord and experiencing him. So, you know, a, a lot of times I think we say we want to hear the Lord. In reality, it's the whole experience with him, that whole Mm -hmm. relational aspect, what that looks like. Because, you know, I want to hear from my wife. I don't want her to live in the house and I never. But it's it's not just it's not just hearing from her, but, you know, sharing life, right, sharing that relationship. And, And God's doing the same thing, except his way of doing that is is learning those names and and he, so, so the way he's going to do that and the way he's going to build that faith and that hearing of him and that relational aspect, he's going to lead you to those things. He's going to lead you to dark places. He's going to lead you to things that you don't understand or don't know, but he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Absolutely. then, wow, then we experience something, right? Then we go, oh, man, you know. And we're better for it. Like we we would have preferred to go through it and then experience it than never experience that at all. Mm. Hmm. Mm. Very good. Yeah, that's great. Because you, you, Phil had said something very similar to me recently in a text message. It was like, you know, and I forget exactly how it was worded, but it was the same thing. Like, you know, there you you go through these things and then after you go through them, it's like wow, you know, you're gonna you're gonna look back on it, and you're gonna be not quite the same person that you were when you went into it. That's great. Yep. Well, guys, we've been going at this for quite a while now. I think uh, might want to think about wrapping it up for today. And uh, you know, we could go on for hours. I know we could, but I don't <laughs> think anybody would listen to us for hours. <laughs> they may. Um, but anyway, so full, yeah, it's uh, it's been good. So full full disclosure, we're recording this in the, on a morning on a on yeah. a Saturday morning, which is un, uncharacteristic for us. But you know, like it it took us a little while to get kind of warmed up this morning. Like we were working through some technical gremlins, and then like just we were just like all kind of like you know just kind of slow moving. So that it's like once we got into a onto a roll, it felt pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, but you know, hearing hearing from God is an amazing blessing. To know that you're hearing from the creator of the universe. It just that doesn't even do justice to who he is, but it's something that we invite you all to try to learn for yourself. And you know, if you have questions, ask us. We can help you out. Uh, we can, you know, give us some feedback, Will. 
answer the question as best we can and, and guide you along the way. And um, just a, a little plug for those who are local, um, the Fulcrum Center will be holding a, a teaching conference on April 1st, April 22nd, and May 13th um, at the Belair First Methodist Church. And uh, you can also watch it on Facebook on the Fulcrum Center page if you search for the Fulcrum Center. It's 8.30 to 12.30 on those three days, April 1st, 22nd, and 13th. And the first one is Hearing God's Voice on April 1st. Uh, the second one will be about identity, and the third one will be about your purpose. What, and the whole thing, all three of them together, is called Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. So you can either join us in person um, in Belair, Ohio, or if you are too far away, like Robert is in South Carolina, if you want to watch on Facebook, on the Fulcrum Center page, um, you can catch it there. And, you know, we've been talking about hearing God's voice today. We're going to go into a little more detail on April 1st. So if you want to check out that teaching. Well, hey, guys, you got any final thoughts for today? Uh, final thought for me, you know, talking about hearing God's voice. Uh, for 30 years, there was a group of people that was privileged to be able to literally walk with God and hear him mm. anytime he spoke. And so when, you know, when Christ comes, mm. think about the, think about the powerfulness of that. Hey, you want to know something from the Lord? Walk up to him and ask. Mm. Wow. So for 30 okay. years, God made himself available that way to humanity. Right. So how powerful is that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And as, as powerful as that was, they still missed it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So as powerful as that was, like we can't beat ourselves up when, you know, like we need to do better and we need to, to be in the word and be in the scripture and, and seek him and all those things. But like at the same time, we can't condemn ourselves if, when we feel like we're not where we need to be yet, because you know, there was, and, and I think I, I can't remember if I talked about this recently or not, but I'll keep it quick. But uh, it's something that Kathy and I've been talking about. Look at the, look at Peter. Peter denied Jesus three times right there. The man was right there. We were together. But then when he saw him after he was resurrected and he saw him again, boom, there was the game changer. You look at Paul, you know, Paul had the full Torah. Paul, you know, when he was Saul before, you know, he, you know, he had his encounter with the Lord. Boom, game changer. Mm -hmm. So, and we just talked about earlier, we haven't, most of us haven't seen or heard or anything, you know, physically, like, you know, we, most of us haven't had a vision of Jesus appear before us or anything like that. Some people like Ian have, <laughs> which was incredible, but we can't have the condemnation. We just need to pray about it and receive. And and really, in in, re in reality, you know, being a believer's life is it's a journey with Jesus, not a moment. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. Our, our lives are not defined by that moment all the time. Right. It's right. It's that journey. I, uh, just a final thought. I'll be done here. But the the isn't it interesting that the most important part on the tombstone of a person is the dash. Mm. <laughs> right, mm -hmm. and it's the smallest thing on there, right? What what happens in that dash is very important. Mm -hmm. Live your dash. That's it. Awesome. Yeah. Good All stuff. right, guys. 
this was great. Uh, Robert, we'll probably be calling on you again sometime to, to join us. Uh, it's always good having you on here. Sounds great. And hopefully my internet will be warm and ready to work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it took, it took it a little while to wake up this morning too. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we, we love having you, man. It's been, yeah. it's been awesome again. And, um, we appreciate you. Yep. Uh, I appreciate being here. Thank you for having me. All right, everybody. We'll see you again soon. Yep. Have a good week.